Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast. You'll hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and writers that cover the NFL on a daily basis. The New Orleans Saints podcast starts right now. Here's your host, Aaron Summers. Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast. I'm Aaron Summers. It's a fun week as we are in Costa Mesa with the Chargers for joint practices, all ahead of their preseason game on Sunday. It'll be the 11th time that these two teams have met in a preseason game. And between the weather, getting to see another opponent on the other side of the field, these joint practices are usually a little more lively. At the first of two joint practices between the Chargers and the Saints, there were two former Saints running backs on hand, Deuce McAllister and Aaron Stecker. I was able to catch up with both, get their thoughts about the practices, what they're up to now, and some insight into the season. Stecker played for the Saints from 2004 to 2008 in the middle of his 10-year professional career. He now resides in California, making the short trip to Costa Mesa for Thursday's practice. Aaron, thanks for joining us on the New Orleans Saints podcast. It's great to have former Saints on the pod talking about current team. How excited are you to be out here to see the team here in your territory? Man, it's great. It's it's like anytime I get to see a Saints, you know, it's you know, it's close to my heart. You know, I spent five years there. Uh, my son was born there. That's his team. He loves the Saints. So anytime we get a chance to come out and see, you know, we consider our hometown team. It's a, it, it feels good. Any players, position groups you're watching out here at practice? Uh, I think just a little bit. You know, since I was a running back, you kind of like, you know, gravitate more to running back. So I got an opportunity to go out there and watch them a little bit. But, you know, I just like to see like the flow of the offense. Really like to see Carr out there and, uh, and, and, throwing, and throwing the ball out in the flats and everything. So it's, uh, it's been, it, it looks good. Do you remember any of these joint practices when you played? Uh, just a few. Yeah. I think uh, towards the end of my career, we had a few. Um, it's always fun, like, hitting other people. Because um, a lot of times you, you see the same faces, but then when you get a chance to go bang on somebody else, you kind of get to get your frustration out on those guys. So it's uh, it was always fun when we had the opportunity to go. Usually there were some fights that went on, so we... <laughs> And sometimes they were playing, you know, we like just try to get out of practice, but <laughs> but it's also it's it's great getting out there with other guys. Yeah, they don't even let you out of practice now. They just kick the players out of practice. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Stick, when you see the Saints offense, you, you mentioned Derek Carr. You've seen the Saints offense at some of its better days. Do you feel like this offense can get back to those days? I do, I do. I think uh you know, a lot of it comes down to injuries. And, uh, you know, when you start missing guys, you know, receivers. I know uh, Mike Thomas has been out for a while. You know, James Winston last year got hurt early. You know, and sometimes that it just messes up with the flow and everything. So as long as, you know, the guys stay healthy and they can start building, like, that chemistry, I think the sky's the limit for these guys. You know, when you're evaluating running backs, what are you looking for? Well, I think it's just everything. You got to be at this day and age. You got to be able to catch the ball. You got to be able to block. That's the number one thing. You got to protect your quarterback because that's that's the high value position that's out there. Um, and also just be tough nosed. You got to put your foot in the ground and get those yards, those tough yards when it's called upon. And also be a little bit elusive. You know, if you get that one on one guy coming like the safety come down, you got to be able to make a miss because uh, you can't block everybody. So the special guys have a have a chance to know how to you know make guys miss. Okay, proud papa moment here. How does it feel to be the next? most famous person in the house now (laughs) (laughs) it's great i you know it's awesome and when it first happened you know uh they would be like you know you're you're skylar's dad and um which is was weird at first but it it, like you know i had my time to shine you know 11 
you know, great years in the NFL, and I'm just a proud pop just seeing my kids living their dream, working hard, and, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, they become successful like I was in the, the area that, the career that they choose. You know, when you see that success, you know, how does it kind of shape, you know, I guess parenthood and those kinds of things because you have to be a little bit careful when your kids are just out there and they're, you know, gaining fame and those kinds of things. You do. But I think just being around, you know, being a dad and just showing like how you carry yourself and just give them little tips, you know, even, you know, it doesn't matter if it's the music injury, you know, music industry, um, or if my son, you know, he wants to be an NFL player one day, you know, you just teach them the things that you learn or just little things to be aware of. So, uh, you know, how to carry themselves, um, and, and develop those type of skills so they can, uh, it all comes down to like hard work. Like nothing comes easy. You know, if it was easy, everybody would do it, I tell them. Like, and then there's, there's a lot of times people quit because they feel like it's too hard and then people that are successful, they go, they don't take, you know, no for an answer. They just keep it, keep it going. Are you a hard coach to both? Um, I think I'm a little, a little, a little sweeter to my daughter. Uh, I think I'm a little softy, but I, as for my son, I, I would, he would probably say I'm a hard, hard coach. <laughs> what position does he want to get into? So he, he plays a slot receiver. Um, you know, he, he was smart getting out of the, out of the running back situation, knowing that, uh, running back is a dying breed in this, this day and age, you know, especially with all the seven on seven stuff that goes on with the young kids and stuff. It's kind of like everybody wants to be receiver and, you know, it's slimming out at the running back position. You know, is that a little disappointing to you? Because, I mean, you played running back and now you see the position, like, being undervalued and, and guys are just kind of taking it for granted that we can find a running back. Yeah, it is. It's, I mean, it's disheartening. But I understand also, you know, if you're a, you know, you're running the team, if you go by statistics, you know, generally from all the pounding they take. Because if you look at a running back, especially like when I was playing, you know, from nine years old on, you're taking carry after carry. I mean, there was games I had, like, in college where I had, like, 30-something plus carries. And so, then you, you know, in a, when you're in youth football, a lot of times you don't have quarterbacks and throw the ball, so you're, like, handing it off, and so you're taking a punt. So that adds up, and so by the time these running backs get in the league, they've had miles on, and then by the time 3-4 comes around, you know, statistics say, you know, they kind of go downhill. And so it's unfortunate, um, and hopefully that will change now with the new style of of more of like passing and less running so maybe that'll help the guys later on but it is because they do a lot because like if you have a great running back you know and they can catch the ball and they can run it like teams are still going to use it and it's, it just feels it's sad because then they use you use you use you and then all of a sudden like when you want to get paid and it's usually like by the time your rookie deal is over which is probably like four or five years like well you're I'd say you're you're not going to be as good as you were before. So, just so, the way the business is right now. So now, what is Aaron Stecker doing nowadays? I mean, I heard you mention something about a football game tomorrow. But, yes. You know, unfortunately, we see you and you're not playing anymore. Yeah. No, of things no more you. playing. So I, uh, I always said if I was going to coach, I would coach at the high school level. So I, I've been fortunate. I got hired in uh, January um, to coach at Corona Del Mar High School. It's with a local high school around here. So I actually coach the running backs and I'm the special teams coordinator there. So. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's a different dealing with these teenage kids, trying to get them to, to listen and uh, and the stuff I'm trying to teach them. Um, but it's coming along, and so I'm, I'm excited to see you know our first games tomorrow. So I'm excited to see you know how we how we do. What's the outlook for the team this year? Uh, we're we're really young. We only have like 10, uh, 10 to twelve re returning seniors, uh, a bunch of juniors, and we're playing about four or five sophomores, which is unusual for a varsity squad. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think we'll still be good. Uh, we still have we have real talented players at key positions, um, so it'll be an interesting year. I'm optimistic about you know our chances this year. All right, before we let you go, favorite moment as a Saint? Favorite moment would 
it would have to be when we came back after Katrina in the Dome against Atlanta. Like, I, when I was with uh, um, Tampa Bay, I played in the Super Bowl, and it was loud, but being there that night when everybody was there, I mean, I just remember, like, the day after, my ears were still ringing, and then uh, just that block punt with, with Gleason, and it's, I mean, it was like a storybook thing, just what everyone had to go through that year, you know, with the destruction that went down, you know, in New Orleans and people being displaced and the year, like we had to go to San Antonio and then come back to the dome, knowing like what happened in that dome also. And then just the city come together. It was just like, it just felt like the, as a city, we were just one big family. And then for that to happen was amazing. It's like, that's better than the Super Bowl feeling. That, that's by far the, the highlight of my, my career in New Orleans. Yeah, we're looking forward to getting back in the Superdome pretty soon. Yes. See how the fans are this year. I'm sure they'll be pretty loud. Looking forward to this season. Thank you so much for joining are us. Enjoy welcome. the rest of practice. Well, thank you very much. It was good talking to you guys. McAllister really needs no introduction. He's on hand as part of the radio broadcast for Sunday's game, where he'll provide analysis alongside Mike Koss. Deuce, thanks for joining us on the New Orleans Saints podcast. You're here in L.A. area, taking in the joint practices with the Chargers. What did you see from the Saints on the first day here? Well, the first thing, I have to commend the weather. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you can't can't be in New Orleans in 100-plus degree weather and then come out here and it's 72 degrees, I think it was at one point. So... uh, you know, first and foremost, that's that's uh, kudos for that. You know, the weatherman came through, so thank you. But overall, I thought it was competitive practice. I thought that they really got after it, uh, both both sides of the ball. You know, a little, little chippy uh, in certain situations, and, and uh, particularly in special teams. I uh, thought those were competitive reps for a lot of different guys that are trying to make the teams. But uh, when you look at it offensively, we had an interception during a team drill. Uh, I think Derek had a little pressure, ball sailed on him. And then defensively, though, we were able to create a fumble. Uh, Nephi Sewell came with a big hit against Austin Eckler, and um, Marshawn was able would scoop it up that would have been a scoop and score so I mean anytime that your defense is you know negative obviously for the Saints but your defense got one back for you I think I think that's good work and then when you look at it you know you had a lot of moving certain situations and so whether it was third down you moved the ball you had some you know some two-minute work different things like that it's always tough to see everything because both units are going on separate fields at the same time so the focus for me today was more so the skill and not necessarily the offensive line and that's what I'll focus on tomorrow offensive line defensive line play but uh you know I thought it was overall pretty good there were some uh, pre-snap penalties on both sides of football you know whether it was a uh, movement or offsides I think a couple times they were lining up offsides offensively for us we probably had some pre-snap movement stuff that you got to get cleaned up but you know pretty good work You've played in some of these joint practices. How important is this time and these reps that these players are getting? Uh, important is a good word. I don't know if, if that's what it, it's called. It's a change-up. I mean, so every practice is going to be important, but it's a change-up when you're going against a different player. I mean, because you've been going against your own teammate for so long, you know, now you get to go against a different di- different defense. Now you get to go against maybe a guy that uh, you won't see in the game. And so for a lot of guys – I know the games are always important, particularly a preseason game from an evaluation period, but you will very rarely get to script, you know, 10 third down plays, and that's exactly what they get to do. And so from an evaluation standpoint, I get to see so much more, you know, whether it's the one-on-ones or whether it's, you know, one-on-one blocking, uh, certain things that the coaches can control here more so than they can, and it, it's on film. And so I think that you always want to put – 
your best foot forward. But from a coaching standpoint, you get to control so much more than more so in a game. So maybe valuable would be the better word than yeah, important. It's, yeah, it's very, very <laughs> valuable from that instance and that stance because, uh, you know, it's all on film. And not that, that the game isn't on film, but, I mean, for you to have, let's just say that they had 20 total third down plays, you're not going to get that in a game. And then where you can script it exactly the, the, the down and distance that you want, the distance that you want. I want third and six. I want four of those. You know, I want three third and twos. And every quarterback gets that rep. That, that's invaluable. For the players that are fighting to make this team, how do you weigh what they're doing here in practice, the joint practices, and then in games? Well, I think it definitely weighs. I mean, the game is obviously the ultimate decider. I mean, because the lights are on and you have to be able to perform there. But to even get that opportunity, you have to show that you can do it in practice. So obviously the game is the most important. The game is the most important. But you have to put yourself in a position to understand that, one, I know what I'm doing. Two, I can go out there and do it in a game. If you can't do that in practice, then it's hard for me to trust that you can do it in a game. Overall, what have you noticed about this team that may be different from last year? Obviously, you can start with the addition of quarterback Derek Carr, but just kind of the feeling that you've been getting from the team this training camp. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, you talk about Derek, and I think everybody knows that. But I think, you know, just the communication as well on the back end defensively has been really good, really smooth. I know that there was some, you know, um, and, and, and you have to understand guys in, in different or new positions when you had communication issues during the game. But so, for the most part, they've been really good with communication on the back end. And then when you talk about offensive side of the football, question becomes, and you see it a little, but can you continue to add depth on that offensive line? You know, can you have some of those younger guys continue to stake strides and, 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 and step up? I mean, because that, that that's, to be honest, that's where – you're going to have the make or break for your season. I mean, because if you can open up run lanes and you can protect your quarterback, you've got all the skill positions that you need to be successful. All right, let's talk about these running backs here. How different is what they do than what you used to do? I mean, they're really getting used in the pass game a lot. Yeah, um, I had, you know, one year where I almost had 70 catches. So, uh, you know, you you have to pride yourself on being a three-down back. You have to pride yourself on a guy that can not only protect, you know, obviously running on first and second down is always important. But if you can have the ability to catch the football out of the backfield or line up in the slide or go in motion and create mismatches, that's what you want. And so um, to be used in that manner is always good. And so for every back, I'll tell them, hey, look, go work, go, go work routes with the receivers go out and get on the jug go catch the football because you want to force that OC to have to say hey look I can't take him out I'm going to play him on third down and so that's what these guys have been doing and so anytime that the OC feels like he can create a mismatch and you're getting the ball on third down then you like it small sample size what have you liked from Kendra Miller well, one, you, you, you like how he finishes his runs. He's a physical back. You know, for, for, for him to continue to be able to do that and understand how to use his body, that that's one of the things that he's going to have to continue to work on and learn. The other thing is, you know, it's just small. I mean, but you have to take care of the body. He's been nagged up. He's been bruised. You know, the knee has given him some issues. This is really his only his first work since he's been in the NFL. He didn't get any work during the summer. He didn't get any work OTAs. So for him, he's still learning. And then the other part of it is you have to understand it's one thing to be able to see the see the paperwork, see the play. It's another to see it on video, but it's totally different to go out there and actually run the play 
And so this is his first time getting to do some of that. So it's going to take a little time for him, but he's, he's, he's plenty of talented. I mean, you see some of the cuts that he makes. You see some of the just the suddenness or the subtleness, he's, how he sets up some of his run. He, he has all of the, the talent to be able to do it. It's just, you know, him trusting what he's seeing and him understanding what he's seeing to where he's going to unlock it. I appreciate the insight. I'm sure we'll catch up with you again, you know, a couple weeks, sometime this season. Always a good time to have you on. I surely appreciate it. Thank you. We'll be back at it again tomorrow from Costa Mesa. I'll be alongside John DeShazer, Todd Graffinini. We'll track down anyone else who's on hand watching practice and catch up with them. So stay tuned for another episode of the New Orleans Saints podcast on Friday. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Saints podcast. Join us three times per week on NewOrleansSaints.com, the Saints mobile app, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Saints podcast.